0: started last week called Frontline Sundays. And uh, actually, it's very much connected to the conference we had yesterday, which is all about uh, our front lines. If you don't know what our front line is, front line is a place where you spend the majority of your time outside of church, where people need to know God's love. And you may recall, if you were here last week, this diagram... And on the left-hand side is a picture of us when we are gathered together as a church. We make up about 6% of the nation's um, population. And this is us gathered like we are here in church. But the rest of the week, you are scattered in workplaces, in homes, in places where you have hobbies. Uh, I know that Neil um, sees his front line as the golf course. And you have lots of different places where you need to demonstrate God's love. And actually you can have a far bigger influence on the nation and the world when you are scattered rather than when we are gathered here in this place. And last week we encourage you to go to the map that is the back to pick up a red pin and to place in the map where you feel your front line is. And some of you may have one, some of you may have more than that, I've bought 600 pins, so we shouldn't run out, but a board is looking a little bit empty at the moment, so I'd encourage you, maybe at the end, when you're having your coffee, just go over there and stick a pin in the boards. Okay, there you go, that's the map uh, there. Um, but this morning, we are going to look at the topic wherever we are, and i better find my sermon, otherwise it's going to be short. There we go. Actually, I'm going to show you the video. We've got every week has a video. So here's our video. Okay. Now, are you ready? Yeah. Oh. A day six days a week whenever I'm needed every Saturday morning
1: I spend my time
0: in a place that matters to God with people that matter to God why for a life In distresses,
1: stresses successful problem solving tantrum resolving a laughter Teamwork. Dirt. Tears.
0: Boredom. Tension. Cuts of coffee. Cans of coke. God is worth my me. He helps me see what He sees. But here, yeah, my God, He knows the day ahead. This place is rich with possibilities. This is my frontline. That video just shows you just a sample of the different front lines that we have. We all have different front lines. We're going to um, read from the Bible. You want to grab Bible, but the words will appear, Steve, will they appear? Yeah, excellent, on the screen uh, behind us. And we're going to look at Genesis 28 and verses 10 to 17. And we're going to meet a character called Jacob. But I don't know whether you have everly, ever met someone you weren't expecting uh, in a totally unexpected place. I remember when we were on holidays as a family once, and we were walking uh, on, uh, in Cyprus along the, uh, the coast, and we met someone from my mum's work. Totally unexpected. What are you doing here, in a, you know, miles away from our home? Anyone had an unexpected meeting like that? Yeah, a few of you. Um, but what about if you were doing your shopping in Tesco's, looking for toilet roll? And, um, <laughs> and suddenly this, this little old lady bumps into your trolley, and you look around, she's got two little corgis next to me, and you think, Oh my goodness, it's, it's the queen. What's the queen doing in Tesco? Surely he's got someone else to do her shopping for her. And you go, ma'am, you know, totally unexpected. You do not expect to find the queen, to meet the queen with corgis in Tesco's. And we're going to read from Genesis 28, an unexpected experience where Jacob, uh, the hero of our story meets God in a totally unexpected place. Let's read this together. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, in case you don't know the story. Um, Jacob had a brother called Esau, and Esau technically, although they were twins, Esau came out slightly quicker and uh, was therefore the heir of his father uh, uh, Isaac's estate. But Jacob managed to trick Uh, Isaac uh, managed to get Isaac's blessing on him so that Jacob took that inheritance instead of Esau. And um, Esau then, unsurprisingly, gets a little bit cross and threatens, as soon as my father's dead, so are you. So watch it. So Jacob decides to run off uh, and his mum's managed to help him uh, get away. Uh, And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I'm with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gates of heaven. Is there more? No. There is more. Let's get my Bible out. I should have done that in the first place. Where is it? Genesis 28. Made the boo-boo, yes. Um, Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel. That means house of God's although the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if, the God, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey, I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God's. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you will give me, I will give you a tenth. See, Jacob was in a tricky situation of his own making. To be perfectly honest, he was fleeing away from his brother, and he comes to this place. He lies down. He said, "No place of no particular consequence at all, just an ordinary place." And yet, he has a dream, and in this dream, God opens his eyes to the spiritual reality that is around him. Suddenly Jacob realises that God is there. See, perhaps you can imagine meeting God in a cathedral or a chapel or a church or maybe a prayer room, but surely not in such random, ordinary place. And Yet when we look through the Bible, time and time again, God meets people in ordinary places he met with Moses via a burning bush when Moses was just out on the hillside doing his job which was being a shepherd he met the prophet Elijah in the entrance to a cave as a whisper when God came down to earth as Jesus we see that replicated time and time again Jesus met Zacchaeus while he was up a tree Jesus met a Samaritan woman while she was fetching water from the well, an ordinary daily task. And he met his disciples at their workplaces, whether they be a tax collector or a fisherman. God meets us in our ordinary, everyday lives. Matthew Henry, who wrote a famous commentary on the Bible, said, no place excludes divine Visits. No place excludes divine pr- pr- visits. There is nowhere where God's presence cannot be felt and experienced. Jacob realized that God was present with him. But Jacob still had this problem. He'd done something wrong. He'd stolen the birthright from his brother and he was on the run. And this is where God speaks something really important to him. Let's just look at that uh, again in verse um, 13. I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, the God of Isaac, and I will give you and your descendants the land of... On which you are lying, what God does here is repeat the promise that He gave to jacob 's grandfather, and who does he repeat it to? He repeats it to Jacob, not to Esau, who technically should have had the birthright. He repeats it to Jacob. He says, "I know the pressure you are under, but actually I am with you, and I am journeying with you, and you have my full support." Yes, you deceived your brother. Yes, you didn't do things properly, but actually you have my support. I am with you. And I'm going to help you through this difficult situation. I'm going to relieve the pressure that you are under, because you must be pretty stressed about this. And actually what he says to Jacob is, I'm going to make a difference through you. I've chosen you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to journey with you, I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to bless you. So not only did Jacob have God's presence, but actually God realised the pressure he was under and wanted to relieve him of that pressure. And what is Jacob's response? Well, I don't know if you like blue plaques on buildings. And you go around, did anyone spot them sick in London? you go, ooh. Someone famous must have lived there. And you read the plaque and you usually don't know who it was. You can buy, you can buy these plaques now with your own name on them and you can put them on your house. Uh, not that you did very much there. but um, uh, Or you, I'll get up the A14 near Cambridge. Here, there's a, a sign on the side of the road saying that um, there was a battle on Naseby Fields in the Civil War. So it's just an ordinary field. Or it's an ordinary house. You wouldn't know that anything special happened there because it's ordinary except for the blue plaque or a little sign. And actually Jacob comes along and does his own version of a blue plaque. He gets the stone that he was resting his head on. He turns it up, makes a pillar and puts oil on it. But he doesn't do it just as a memorial to the fact that this is an extraordinary, awesome place and I've seen God here actually use it as almost as a starting point as his journey from now on. Got, he has God's presence. He has pressures in his life. But actually he now also has a purpose. He has a purpose that God is with him. And he's, going, he's like, if you're going to be with me, then you are going to be my God. And he had a real sense of, yes, let's go forward together. I now have a sense of purpose in my life. So the reality is, for you, for us, for all of us, we have God's presence with us in our day-to-day ordinary lives. You may be surprised by this, but God does not wait in here for you to come back on Sunday to meet with Him. You do not meet with God just here. God is out there already doing amazing things, already on mission. And you may look into the most darkest of situations where you think, surely there can, God cannot be here. And do you know what? God is. There is no place that excludes God. And you may look at your front line. You may look at your family. You may look at your workplace and you just think, God is not here. I am on my own. There are so many pressures on me, so many difficulties. And God wants to say to you this morning, you know what? I am there. In the midst of your troubles, in the midst of the darkness, I am there with you. Amidst all the pressures you feel, you feel on yourself, I am there. I know the pressures that you're experiencing. And not only that, not only do we think of this nice warm cozy feeling that God is here with us, but actually we have a purpose. That God has plans for us. God has something He wants to do through us. On our front line. Some of you may know what that is. Some of you may not. But I can assure you that God wants to work through you and with you in your everyday ordinary lives. Not just here when we gather together. We may gather to worship but we also scatter to worship as well. So, what I want you to do, I want you tomorrow to ask that God will open your eyes and give you a glimpse of the spiritual realities around you. Just as Jacob had his eyes open and saw this stairway going from heaven to earth, and angels ascending and descending, and he thinks, whoa, God is here. I want you to pray that God will open your eyes to what God is doing in your front line. It may not be as spectacular as a stairway. But ask that God will just give you a glimpse of the spirituality in your lives. Also, I want you to realise that your front line is a touching place between God and this world. It's not just church. It's not just what we would label as holy places. God can touch earth in every location however desperate and dark it may be. And then lastly, I want you to maybe have a go intentionally claiming your front line in the name of Jesus. See, we've been singing about that, haven't we? There is power in the name of Jesus. And I encourage you to pray in the name of Jesus over situations that you find yourself in or our nation or our world find ourselves in. And perhaps you would... Well, you need to pray the power of Jesus over your front lines. Maybe there's a difficult situation at work, and you know there's nothing you can do. You can try, but it's it's going to be a real struggle to sort this problem out. You need Jesus to step in and soften people's hearts, to make them receptive to what is good and what is true. Perhaps, practically, you might want to do that by getting into work early, and maybe doing a little prayer walk around your work. I know we're doing prayer walks on Court Lodge because we want people's hearts to be softened on Court Lodge. We want people to be receptive to the Holy Spirit, to be interested in Jesus, to have an aching within themselves for Jesus. So people are going out there and praying. Do you know we do that here on a Sunday morning as well? There's a couple of people every Sunday morning that prayer walk around this church, around this building. And pray that in the name of Jesus that people will be receptive to the Holy Spirit. And perhaps you could go into your work early and just pray at desks or pray around your home. Now, that may not work if your shift works and there's already people in your work and they might think you're a bit weird when you're shouting the name of Jesus. But you can do it from home. You could pray in the name of Jesus in your home for your front lines as well. You could go as far as having communion in a place or anointing it with oil. But actually prayer is probably enough for most of you to be getting on with. Because we want to do a bit of spiritual housekeeping on your front lines. Give it a good clean so that people will open up their hearts and minds to Jesus. When you leave from here this morning, you will be offered a card which I have lost. And on one side, it says, presence, pressure, purpose. And on the other side, it just asks some questions. So I encourage you to, as you leave, either take one from um, uh, whoever's handing it out at the end, or there's a little, there'll be some on the table as well, by the, um, all the activity advert, postcards. Take it and answer those questions, and pray into your situation in the name of Jesus. Because God is with you. He knows your presence, pressures, and he has purpose for you. In a moment, I'm going to interview someone about uh, what they're going to be doing tomorrow. But just one last thing. Um, Last week, we gave out this booklet. Try praying. Put your hands up if you have read it. Right, okay, well done. Excellent. So the idea is that this week you read it, and then listen. Next week, you start giving it away. There are you might have, Who spotted the banners around town? There's banners all over the place. who try praying on it. And the idea is you read it and then you give it away to someone on your front line. Someone that needs to know the love of Jesus. Someone who perhaps needs to try praying. Has anyone given a one away yet? Oh, look at that. Put your hands up nice and high so I can see. That's brilliant. I'll just go around to a couple of you. That's really, really good. That's excellent. Jill, who did you give it away to? Well, I cheated, really, because
1: so I was on the desk on Monday. <coughs> yeah. So it wasn't really, you know. But a lady came in to go to one of the groups here. Yeah. And spotted it, and yeah. so I said, Would you like
0: one? She said, Oh, yes, please. And oh, brilliant. Excellent. Well, who else? We Put your hands up so I can see. Jessica, who did you give yours to? I left a copy for my Daniel. Daniel, excellent. Sue gave one away. So, who did you give yours to? I
1: gave my. My, uh, mine away to Lindsay, my friend.
0: Excellent, brilliant. And then last one. I left
1: mine in the dentist, so anyone can pick it up.
0: Oh, left it in the dentist. They probably need to pray in the dentist. <laughs> and just one more, Clive. i Clive. I gave multiple copies to the coffee coffee morning people who don't come to church. Yeah, multiple copies. You can come back and get more. Once you've got rid of it, you can come back and get more. That's brilliant. Well done. Uh, We'll ask you this every week just to see how you're getting on. No pressure. Well, a little bit of pressure. But please read it and then have a think. Just as Neil said last week, pop it in your pockets and just see where conversation goes. If you haven't got it in your pocket, you can't give it away. Okay, so I encourage you to take it around with you. Right, Elise, do you want to come up here? Where are you? Oh, there you are. Excellent. So, um, I don't know if you know Elise. We welcomed Elise and her husband, Dan, into membership, uh, the other week. And, um, we're just going to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. So tell us, where will you be this time tomorrow?
1: Um, I will be at work at East Arrow Hospital in the A&E department.
0: And what do you do in the A&E department?
1: I'm a staff nurse.
0: You're a staff nurse. Yes. Excellent. Um, and what's it like there? What or What do you like about it there? What, what thrills you about your job?
1: Um, it's different every day. Yeah. So I have a mixture of everything and I can be in different areas throughout the department and I meet loads of different people from different backgrounds and I get to kind of see lots of various medical and surgical and all the other issues, which I find very interesting.
0: Mm. Um, but I'm sure that sometimes, it, a lot of times, it can be quite stressful. And um, what would you yeah. say would it be a particular <laughs> sort of pressure point there for you?
1: Um, it's often the volume of people that come in and then uh, it, it's quite a stressful area. Um, and I think because people aren't always sure of the process of A&E and maybe what's going to happen to them. It's quite... People are kind of heightened sense of anxiety, and so it's often that the pressures of it, people's expectations are actually quite hard. Hmm. Staffing-wise, we're actually pretty well staffed. You'll be shocked. Um, but a lot of people actually do want to work in A&E, so... We've actually employed a lot of people, so it's more just the volume of people that come in and they're managing them and their, their issues, and we can have a lot of very poorly people all at once, which is difficult.
0: Yes, yes. What do you think might be God's purpose for you there right now?
1: Um, I think in my department, I'm only aware of two other Christians, and we have over 100 members of staff. Um, so I think for me it's not just the patients that I'm around, um, it's also being, being there for other staff members, um, and I do get kind of told a lot that I always seem to be full of joy and things like that, which I don't seem to do intentionally, (laughs) but apparently I am, um. But that's, I'm glad that that's how people feel. Um, I think kind of bringing, bringing Jesus and my faith into, into a department that can be very dark and it's not always the most positive place. People can be quite negative. So I think just having people there that are a light for Hawley and for all the other areas and just, I mean, I can't pray for my patients, knowing, like for them to know, but I, I do in, inside my head. Um, but i think i feel like you know if we're there if you're in a place in a workplace i think you're you're there for a reason and i know i'm there to uh, i don't know be that person be that light be the person that's full of joy and people don't necessarily know why you're like that but they just know there's a difference mm. and it makes a difference to the people you're around it encourages them and makes them feel a bit more reassured and happier and comfortable okay. and safe
0: thank you so what could we pray about for you?
1: Um, probably that I'd be aware of more people <laughs> within the department. Um, but just, I mean, I'd love to see a change. I'd like to see that the few of us could maybe come together and and maybe kind of, you know, I know some places and some hospitals, they do have like almost like little Christian unions. But um, and We do have a chapel and things. But what I, w- I would like to see is that Maybe we could, between the few members of staff that we have, maybe kind of take a kind of plan of action of, of praying for people and areas and things that maybe we can do that, do that does set us apart as Christians. And our aim isn't just to you know, get what we can out of our jobs. It's actually to care and love for people, whether they are a patient or a staff member. Hmm. So I think it's just keeping the stress levels down <laughs> and people calm and informed and that uh, that staff feel loved and cherished as well. I think that's a huge thing yeah. in the NHS is that staff feel under unsupported and unloved. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of the main thing for me is that I want my colleagues to feel that way. I, I want them to feel important.
0: Cool. Thank you, Elise. It would be great to pray for you now, but... Could you raise your hands if you either work for the NHS or for the sort of the care profession? Because we'd love to pray for you at the same time. Just raise your hands nice and high so we can see. I know there's a good proportion of people who are in that uh, very, very important but also challenging uh, profession. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for Elise and the others in our church, the other followers of you who have pursued this profession where they care for people, often in some of their darkest and most difficult moments. And we thank you that you, through them, can bring light into the darkness. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are present in the A&E department that you are present in the GP surgery. You are present in that home where that person is caring for someone. And I just pray that for each of those who follow you, uh, for, that they will know that your presence. They will feel you close. And Lord God, we recognise there are so many pressures on the NHS and on the caring profession at this time made worse by coronavirus and we just we thank you that you know those pressures and we just pray you will relieve those pressures or you will help uh, these people to cope amidst those pressures that Lord God they will not do it only in their own strength but they will rely on you and Lord God we just pray that you will give them a sense of purpose I thank you that Elise has that sense of purpose and that you will shine brightly through her, that people will notice, continue to notice her joy and her love and the care she gives. We just pray that she will continue to bring positivity to a negative environment. Just shine through her brightly by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Elise. Give her a clap.